Go. Ready? Yeah. 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 Okay. I th- so I, I think you're supposed to say hi. I'm James. Okay. No, no, don't you. No, 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 but give it. A- hi, I'm James, and I'm Mark, and, and we're, we're two, two data, data guys. guys. <laughs> I, I think that went okay. This is our first podcast. Our very, very first. Exactly. Like, apart from the outtakes. Yeah, well, we'll, well, we might include those. We both have been working in the data industry for, for years. I've been working... Well, you've been years. working in there for how long? 28 years. 20 years. And yeah. I, I've been working there for like 16. Mm. So together, that's 40 years, all in data. Mm. Uh, and uh, from day dot, like from the mm. coal face of doing campaign marketing with mm. uh, direct mail, yeah. you know, putting together a list mm. of a million uh, names and addresses and sending <laughs> it out, to now working in cloud. And big data. And big data. And looking at internet of things, all of that behavioral stuff. Yeah, so we have a passion, and we thought we'd get together and have some wine. Yep. We like wine. I do. Yes. <laughs> and uh, talk about data issues, data yep. problems. Topics. Things that interested us. Yeah. Yep. And in also, you've got like a really good uh, radio voice that I think, <laughs> I think goes well with the, with the podcast. Yeah. Sit yourself down, settle yourself in. We have a number of topics that we think we might cover. We will probably sway off, but at some point we will come back. As part of the principles that started us on this thing. Yes, I what, think, what wine are we? I think what are we, we do some wine. Okay, let me go get something. Yeah. So you, you had so a Margaret River, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, this is one from the Margaret River three or four years ago so it's 2008 from a, a very good winery called Vasa Felix so for people who aren't from Australia just in case this goes international where is Margaret River Margaret River is in Western Australia about a five-hour flight from where we're sitting but still in the same country Margaret River is in Western Australia a lot of mining a lot of sharks yes. uh, but down towards the south there is one of the many areas that make wine called the Margaret River. And what type of wine is this? The, this is a Shiraz, which is interesting because uh, Margaret River isn't actually that well known for Shiraz. It's really well known for its Cabernet Sauvignon, but Vasa Felix is one of the top winemakers. And you said there was an interesting story oh, behind yeah. this guy. Yeah. My wife and I went there four years ago, and whilst we were there, we, we found out that an old college friend of my mum's had actually gone there in, in the mid-60s, after doing an agricultural degree and learning about how to do milking, went and started in this winery called Vasa Felix. Very quickly, through his chemistry and all this thing around sterilization, went up to become head winemaker of the winery. In 1974, won Wine of the Year across the world. So, yeah. And he took us around when we were there and he said you must go to Vasa Felix it's still the same family they've been doing this for 30 oh, years oh so he sold it so yeah he didn't actually own it he was just oh, there okay maker. okay so yeah. you went and visited yeah. it. and that's so what you got that's what we got so what do we have there a 2008 so it's a 2008 Shiraz all right we'll crack so, it open and see uh, it's, um, it's a screw top it's so. screw top as most wines now should be yeah that's right um, the stelvin cap has been um, so do we need do we need to let this one sit or should uh, we just swirl it or we'll should swirl we like it. We'll uh, drink it slowly. be a bit poncy and like swish it around in her mouth yeah and i have to pour an extra one for my oh, wife she's wife. upstairs i have to bribe her with this yeah cheers let's cheers. see what it's like so what are we going to talk about yeah yeah what are we going to talk yeah, about okay. well, actually, yeah what are we going to talk about today I actually got a email from Google about a new service that they created in response for 
the EU nullifying the agreement with the US around the safe harbor. This was off the back of the NSA being able to pretty much have unfettered access to any data that's held in the US. Exactly. The original safe harbor agreement was a US company would say, hey, I follow all of the European rules for making data private and secure, which enabled them effectively to be able to hold that data anywhere in the world. As long as you told the individual in Europe, your data may be held offshore, um, and it was under the safe harbor, that was allowable. So is Google now saying, all we're really doing is changing contract terms, so it's still usable offshore, or is it truly, truly they're going to say, if you go under this clause, we will only ever host it in Europe? I don't think so, because from what we understand the NSA is doing, if data sits in the US, there is no way of preventing the NSA from accessing the data. And And I'm assuming the Europeans looked at that and said, well, that breaks all of this privacy stuff that we've had since the 90s. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Like it says, um, the safe harbor was set up, I think, in 1998. It was a more of a framework that people could adopt and it's around the idea of adequacy so what is an adequate requirements in 2000 it says here that the eu accepted it and from that point onwards there was a level of protection so if individual countries adopted the safe harbor framework or organizations adopted the safe harbor framework they were able to be legally protected from litigation and so forth however that was under the assumption that the U.S. was not accessing that, that the data. Still, yeah, it's still secure. It's it's, yes. it's it's like holding it in a database in your own site. That's correct. And yeah. only authorized people can well, access it. Well, here here it is. So it says, what do the safe harbor uh, privacy principles require? So there's notice, choice, onward transfer, access, security, data integrity, enforcement. So if we go to access. Hmm. Um, so it says individuals must have access to personal information about them that an organization holds and to be correct, uh, amend or delete that information if it's inaccurate. Yep. Security. So it's organizations must take responsible precautions to protect personal information from loss, misuse and unauthorized access. Okay. So it's really the security the and this unauthorized, unauthorized access. access. I think yeah. so. I mean, because... Um, I believe in Australia, UK, almost exactly the same rights is that an individual has the right for their data be, to be held in a secure manner, that it, they have the ability to change it. However, in Australia and UK, and maybe the rest of Europe, if a, a government organisation wants access to that data, they actually have to put in a request. Yes, that's yep, correct. To, that's to, correct. To, to have access to that data. What this is saying is that that the, the uh, that piece around the NSA is they don't need to tell anybody that they're looking at this data. Um, yeah. In, and, in, Euro- and Europe's said, according to our privacy rights, I don't think that is right. I don't think that the government should have an unfettered access, that, that actually there's still the putting a request in and saying, I want access to this data even if they don't have to say why they want this data, is is a step level of retaining security over that Well, data. it says here that in the EU, a case was brought about by a privacy activist and lawyer, Max Schrems, after uh, the exposure of the NSA prison program. And at that point, it, it was ruled, I think on, uh, like I say, the 6th of October, mm-hmm. there was a European court decision which invalidated the safe harbor provision between the United States and Europe. So companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon, so forth even. And, and Amazon. Yeah. Uh, with the AWS in the cloud. 
all have to scramble to find a solution. All the companies we've worked at in the UK have pretty much been US-based. We had to go through this process where we were told we were informed that our personnel records were being held in the US and you had to sign something to say that you were happy with that. Uh, is there still going to be the case where what's actually going to happen is all that these websites are going to do is to say, by accessing this website, you agree that your data can still be hosted in the US. I mean, is that just going to be the, the, the way they're going to get around this? Or is this, there really are going to be some teeth to this, that it's not just skip overable by somebody adding another terms and conditions entry in their website? Yeah, I think I, I read something or heard something about privacy is treated differently in the EU, it's considered a human right. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can't sign them away, I believe. Yeah. So for other countries like Australia, yes, you could say that in small letters, mm. the government has access and so with this. But in, U in the EU, I don't believe you can do that. And mm. I'm trying to figure out where, where this information is. Mm. The announcement was made by the EU end of October this year? Sixth. October the 6th this year and by the 17th of December, Google have a response and Google have a process whereby... Well, that's the second response. The first one I kind of ignored. It said that they acknowledged this decision mm -hmm. and that they were working towards finding a solution. Right. So and... within within two months, they have set yes. something up whereby, uh, whereby I'm effectively assuming it's you can take our same Google service and something that is currently hosted in the US, we can instantly migrate to well, Europe. Well, it says here, we are pleased to share that Google now offers model contract clauses, which will help customers who operate within the EU meet the requirements of the European Union's data protection directive. It says to me, going to be hosting it somewhere that's not in the US. That's correct. In fact, probably more likely somewhere that is only within the European Union. I'm trying to actually find, because I use Google services and mm -hmm. uh, cloud platform uh, Google Storage, and at the moment we have Asia and the US mm -hmm. as the two kind of regions. Okay. To me, that would indicate they would need a third region, or which is EU. Or they'll put it in Asia, which doesn't break the US safe harbor. So if there's a safe harbor agreement and that will work within Asia... It possibly, they're applying encryption. Okay, which... To the data. Right, which, so they're encrypting the data still where it sits, which... <laughs> Which is effectively denying the NSA access to that. I actually unless they hack in. I actually think that 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 kind of rings a bell around what Facebook are doing as well, mm. applying encryption services to prevent the NSA from accessing the data now, regardless of where it's housed. So that and that goes to me. Well, we have Tor at the moment, so you have websites where somebody who wants to remain anonymous for good or for bad uh, can pretty much be completely anonymous on their interactions. This sounds to me like people like Google and probably Amazon are going to follow suit, is going to, are going to say, we will make your data secure in the same way, where governments will not be able to access it. And, uh, is this actually the way of the future? That Personal encryption. Personal encryption. I don't see why not. I mean, if, unless they start developing quantum computers and, and they, they make... <laughs> well, in, unless it's worth their effort to crack the encryption. Fun fact about 256-bit key encryption. So to break 256-bit uh, key encryption by brute force would require 50 supercomputers that could check a billion billion AES keys per second 
3 times 10 to the 51 years to go through the full 256-bit key space. Now, I didn't know that by heart. Wikipedia came to the rescue. But you'd be pretty safe once you've encrypted it. As opposed to focus on governments, mm. I see that as a viable way of data protection yeah. in the future yep. is to, to have the per- pervasive encryption technology how uh, at rest mm. and within the databases or within wherever it's sitting and well that i can see that working really well for individuals so i as an individual where i've got a small pot of data i've got my photos and i've got my my documents and i can personally encrypt those and i've got a small set of data um but i'm not the sort of person who a hacker or an NSA is necessarily going to come and try and get data get hold of. Whereas my Facebook data, my um, other data in Google, my and any like an Amazon who stores all of my purchases, isn't that going to be the first place that the NSA are going to effectively try and hack into and get past this encryption piece around the EU? Is this therefore from Google's Google side just? dotting the I's and crossing the T's. What is it actually going to make any difference? It's almost like an arms race with technology. Mm. I guess it has to do with the, the the cost of implementing it versus the benefit that they get at getting at cracking it. I don't know what the answer is. Mm. The, well, the, the next question is, for me, we've got all of these things where we're encrypting and we're people are managing to decrypt that, hack into it, so we're finding better encryption and people are finding better decryption. And you mentioned it, quantum quantum computing. Uh, quantum computing, from everything I've read, can basically, within seconds, hack into pretty much anything. All of the PGP encryption stuff is just going to be null and void. Is this actually the start of, there is no privacy anymore? There, there's, yeah, the, the, well, this, I, I think personally it's, the cost benefit you've spent how many millions and hundreds of millions i think google's trying to make when the nsa is trying to make i don't th- i don't know how many there are quantum computers but they're not cheap no and it's compute power how much of that are you going to dedicate towards cracking amazon's mm. hashing algorithms facebook versus focusing on target governments mm-hmm. i don't know enough about quantum computing <laughs> to know if it is actually a quantum leap yeah it's not just this linear progression of, no. of compute power. It's all of a sudden this whole new way, and it would just negate any kind of linear growth in uh, the the hashing yeah. or the, but the I, I don't Sorry, I, I don't think we like. It's going to happen. Every code that has been created mm. has at some point been broken, be it through a calculating machine or Second World War. Um, cracking the Enigma code, it was eventually done and they got it quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah, I mean, if you're getting to this idea that will privacy die mm. in the end, yep. if you think of our youth, I'm, I'm fairly old now. Yeah. We both are. I don't, I don't feel in that way, 40s. but yeah, yeah, that's right. Everyone's posting on Facebook. They're yeah. exposing their whole lives on Facebook. It's like privacy is not an issue and mm. it's, it's whether or not that, that kind of thinking of that generation is going to change so, so do, do kids now care about privacy? No. Will they care about it when they reach our age? I think what they'll probably do is what all of us have done is gone, oh, no, that photo, I'm going to have to destroy that photo. They will, be, they will have the uh, desire to be forgotten for the things that they've done so that in are that embarrassing. Res- 
in that respect, do we think this privacy is a, is related to your age? As in it becomes more and more important as you get older and older or more savvy and more wise? Is um, the, the, especially with privacy. I think actually that we've had a discussion around this before. Privacy is not important until it impacts you. Yeah. Right? So the loss of your privacy is a, a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. Until someone uses it against you. And therefore, Mm -hmm. identity theft is probably a bigger problem Mm -hmm. than the NSA perusing through your files. I I saw a comedian, he interviewed Snowden, Mm -hmm. and he said, why didn't you just do dick pics? Snowden, why didn't you say that every dick pic you shared Mm -hmm. with someone would get seen by the NSA? And it brought it down to the level of the people saying... I can't believe someone else looked at that photo yeah. and it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So it became with, like, more than... Like, well, the Ashley Madison thing, it's... Um, yes, exactly. We're, we're, That's we're exactly right. As doing something that just looks a, bit, a little bit odd. Yeah, so yeah. in that case, it's like the exposure of behavior that you want to hide or mm-hmm. you're embarrassed about becomes important. Yeah. Identity theft becomes important. Mm-hmm. But if, if if there's no negative repercussion yeah. of that exposure of data, then mm-hmm. it's like a, a victimless mm-hmm. crime. It, it might be now laying in wait somewhere. <laughs> Your file is now sitting on some torrent site or some hacker site waiting to be used. But to make that connection... Yeah. Is, uh... So uh, let's focus on that former part of uh, dick pics, and there's there's like all this thing around well orgies and swingers and things like that. It, it's something that you keep private, that you do in your own home, and that if you do everything to keep it private, is there is and it's not illegal. Is there a reason why anybody else should know? And I, I think that's part of, for me that part of the thing about privacy, something that I wanted to keep private, and I try and keep private, and there isn't. There isn't any wider reason for the population to know. It's not hurting anybody. I think that side of privacy is is an interesting one where, uh, with the internet, the right to a name and remain anonymous in that aspect, I still think yep. there's, a, yep. there's a level that there should be. Yep. And that, um, bring, that brings to mind, it's like, well, what... I mean, no one's going to know. This portion of you is a sensitive behavior mm-hmm. and that you don't want to yeah. get exposed. This, this portion, is, you don't you're mind. happy. Yeah. And that's that's actually yeah. important because at the it's all data. Yeah, sitting, it's, it's, just it's all sit, yeah. interactions sitting in the mm-hmm. cloud. Um, it was actually John Oliver. Okay. So Snowden yes, versus John Oliver. If yeah. anyone's interested in, it's actually quite humorous. So mm. uh, this is all about John Oliver, to some degree berating uh, Snowden on his approach on how he exposed uh, the NSA. Okay. And instead, John Oliver tried to make it real for most Americans by saying, would you care if your dick pic was viewed mm. by someone else? And mm. then all of a sudden, 90% of people were concerned when, at yeah. that point. Yeah. Which I don't know, It's it might be a, bringing it down to the base level, <laughs> but it was a good example as to trying to understand what behavior you're, you don't want to be exposed and what behavior you're happy for it to be exposed. Yeah, the, the home sex movie you did your, with your wife. Yeah, and that's you, right. If you're not going to make money out no, of it. And you made that film and you want to edit it online. Well, it's being uploaded online and now it's available to the NSA. Yeah. And those, those I think, are the, the, the sort of things where you should have a right to be able to keep private. And therefore, things like that encryption process of me doing, me having that and storing it and keeping it and feeling somewhat secure that it's not going to yeah. be looked at or or released. Because the next piece is, well, if the NSA have all of this data and accidentally somebody, you know, somebody yeah, does hack into them, like, well, look, look, look what Snowden yeah, did, right? Yeah. He could have easily, 
exposed everyone's data, yeah. but he had principles and he mm-hmm. did it for a different reason. Yeah. But there's no reason to say that there could be an, another anti-Snowden mm-hmm. out there who does this and broad release yep. of all this information, like mm-hmm. the, the Madison... Yeah, and blackmailing. Yeah. Mm. So that's interesting. So, I mean, what we're basically saying is that the revelations of the Snowden release of what NSA is doing mm-hmm. and monitoring has resulted in the EU nullifying the safe harbor mm. agreement where companies like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, who are big international cloud providers mm-hmm. that house the data in the US mm-hmm. for the EU residents have gone around solving it by applying uh, encryption. And that to me means that personal encryption of data is going to become much, much. more important. Yep. And, and they'll probably release be... it as a service exactly. to the individual. Exactly. In Australia, if you're basically setting up customer information in the cloud, you should be applying some level of mm. encryption. It'll probably come here. To be safe. Yeah. So I, have an in- I had an interesting thought there also. Google, who are providing this level of encryption, mm. also have their product called Gmail, which they provide to individuals free. And we know, because they make it quite obvious... They are trawling what is in your email content to understand you better and try and provide you more. So on one side, they're giving safety and security. And one on the other side, they're doing almost just what the NSA is doing is trying to find patterns in your data. Is that a bit of a dichotomy? Google is a monster. (laughs) To date, I'm actually pro-Google just because of the people that I know work there. Mm And that I know the technology and so forth, but I, I don't know enough about mm-hmm. behind the scenes what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's a US-based company, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, as an organization, you are running Gmail for your organization. That's yeah. an interesting question of whether this new clause is going to cover Gmail that's, that's stored via Google. I would, <laughs> I would offer that the, the personal data that you've got held is really important, but... That um, email traffic probably has just as much importance around yeah. privacy and security. It's it's quite interesting how people go a bit ballistic around PII mm. and where it sits. Sorry. Personally, identifiable oh sorry, PII is like yeah. personal identifiable yeah. information, and that pretty much is your name, your address, email your email address, address your phone number. Mm. Even your IP address in mm-hmm. some countries, your IP address can be considered, especially if it's a static IP. And, or an IPv6. Yeah, so especially if it's PII, it's... it's Fear. This, well, there's this concern about where it's housed, mm. right? It has to be restricted. Mm-hmm. However, email seems to be a, an area where it's got your from and to and yeah. email address. It's, and got, it's got conversations. Yeah. And you hear all the time of people leaking, like the Sony email leaks, mm. for instance. And intimate conversations <laughs> about movie stars and yeah. who's a bitch and who isn't. Mm. And it, there's blowback. And so it does have... It's almost like a more detrimental mm. effect than your personal information, yeah. which then can only... Well, has to be used to a certain amount of identity theft. Yeah. But then you're getting an intimate conversation mm. being recorded yeah. or, 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 um, or viewed. And in our work, historically, we've talked about, do you really need that content that's going backwards and forwards? Isn't the fact that two individuals are interacting with each other 
at certain days, certain times, certain frequencies, wouldn't that be actually just as interesting to the NSA to so find saying patterns? If, if the content itself is encrypted, yep. but the endpoints, the traffic, the, traffic, the yep. endpoint, time of day, whatever, isn't. Yeah. I totally agree, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that's what they do now with the <laughs> yeah. terrorist stuff, is they find out who's communicating where, mm-hmm. when, and, and, and so forth. And I, I, I don't know if I, it was a movie, mm-hmm. or if it was actually based on reality, <laughs> um, on uh, catching... Um, criminals based on where they were with their mobile phones yep. and so forth. Yep. Like even, even. I think it was a drug dealer. Twitter or they, whatever, yep. posting photos yep. on Twitter and not turning off their IP location <laughs> and then finding them. Yep. Um, that's happened a lot of times, mm. I think. So yes, the the contents may not necessarily matter as as just the transmitter and the receiver and yeah. the time of day. As you said, your personal information is going to be secure, but in truth. Yes. The most the, the information that's more important, which won't be adjusted by any encryption, is the fact that data has moved from point A to point B and been stored in a database, being put in a data store. The fact that that's happened is actually probably more relatable to a why is person A in country A talking to person B in country B when they don't yeah, seem to have. It's interesting because the other thing that Snowden brought up was that all this monitoring didn't actually help with them finding uh, terrorist activity. Okay. And I have a strong suspicion is more the interrelationship mm-hmm. between the, the, the messages being communicated mm-hmm. and where from and who to. That, like you say, that is probably more indicative and, and the kind of network mm-hmm. of, of what's going on if it becomes highly visible. Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing is to go off the grid, but mm. well, it, like, it's going to be harder and harder. Um, as I read the other day, was, was that they actually used the ISIS were using a game. Mm, um, mm. To, to they were using Sony. Yeah, the Sony. I think in, within game they would Chatting. like almost like almost like World of Warcraft. Yeah. You go into World of Warcraft, you have a conversation yeah. about what you're going to do, mm-hmm. and people around you are like, "What the hell is this going mm-hmm. on?" You're talking in rhyme. Perhaps you even talking. That was the other yeah. thing. It was killing like, people. Well, it was within context yeah. of what they were doing. It was a war game. Yep. And they're and they going out, about talking about invading mm. and killing and doing all yep. this stuff. And within that context of the game, it made perfect mm. sense. And it, uh, it was like... How, I, how do you lock that down? Indeed. You can't. You I, mean, I was going, like, it's not a great thing, but I was going, that's a genius solution. Yeah. Because it is. It's it's hidden in something that's a, that's a norm. That has to be the thing that the NSA or and any other government department that's trying to do these things for our greater good have to be looking to focus on i think um, again to your point though about connectivity of people mm-hmm. i actually think they would be able to probably figure that out because yeah. they could figure that okay these five people come on time come mm-hmm. online they don't this play specific time. this specific yeah. time they come and they don't play mm-hmm. they play for three minutes mm-hmm. and then they have yeah. whatever they do something and then they all leave they all leave yeah that could be that could An be a flag as a interesting behavior mm-hmm. now it could be just a follow-up. It could be a bunch of kids just getting together because yep. who knows. But mm. it's um, at least a behavior that can possibly be observed. Mm. Now, on the plus side, it's visible in the digital world. Mm-hmm. If you were to do that in real life, there's no way you would be able to, unless you have boots on the ground, to see this. Yeah, five people meeting in a cafe and having a chat, and it's a, it's a coffee amount of time. Yeah. But there, will, there are other things that I... There's logistics, right? Place, yeah. well, well, logistics around getting those five people yeah. in the same location mm-hmm. and so forth, and then there's flying in and out or whatever. But yeah. 
But what I mean is that it is stored in the data. Mm -hmm. So maybe the quantum computer is instead of focusing mm. on decrypting all this stuff, yeah. should be focusing more on uh, pattern matching the patterns, yeah. and the relationships of uh, people mm -hmm. and times of days and so forth. And relative to international events like okay and the other thing is they could literally go through the log file then, and go through and say what are the behaviors or what are the events event. before the event and, and then figure out not, are there meeting points in fact it's not even as deep as forensic you, you could run predictive analytics on that so any sort of predictive model that you create today you go i need to try and predict an event so what i go and do is go and look for those events occurring and then work back and go, what are all the previous behaviors that I can see everywhere that led up to that? Yeah, event? exactly. Right. If I find these behaviors occurring again, I have a increased confidence that they're going to lead up to that event. So I, I think those, yeah, those, that's absolutely the sort of thing you do. As you said, they've got all this data stored. Unfortunately, you need an, a big negative event yes, for that to occur. Yes, yes. But once you've seen it, you can work back and go, okay, how do I... I might have another bit of that as well, please. <laughs> um, how do I then build something that can better identify it the second time? But it's still going to be a cat and mouse game. It's still going to be like the hacking, right? I'm going to, so this event's going to occur and I'm going to be able to predict it and then catch them the second time. But then there's going to be a learning process. Okay, the bad people are going to find a different way of doing it. So it's going to be a continual mm. learning it and breaking it and learning yeah, this, it and breaking well, this, it. This is a bigger, I think we're getting into a bigger topic <laughs> on on um, fighting terrorism mm. because um, I don't actually think um, it can be won mm. um, through more fighting. Mm. But that, that Time. I think, well, I think it's, mm. yeah, there's, there's calls now for people to sit down and have a dialogue to understand but i i don't know i yeah. it's like i don't want to go into this we, we don't want it's data well we don't yeah exactly yeah. we don't want hate mail we're not trying to solve the world's problems but it's interesting where this conversation is led so i think i have a couple things maybe on the to-do list we've kind of assumed that google, google is offering this encryption to get around safe harbor annulment mm -hmm. what is google doing with their email mm -hmm. and are they encrypting it the encryption solution we said we were going to come back and do Talk about identity theft. Yes, actually, that's yeah. a whole that's a whole topic that yeah. I think is quite interesting, and maybe if if listeners are interested, they can mention that they are interested around identity, identity theft. theft. And there's a whole universe out there, like mm. you mentioned, Tor was the dark net, the dark net. Yeah. and it's funny. It's like the internet was in 1980 or so <laughs> yeah. forth. But that's it's, only because it wasn't as prevalent. But in essence, you can't stop through legislation mm. people connecting, especially when the, the technology framework mm. is there, as in the interconnectedness of the world is yeah. there. And so identity theft, and that mm. one is going to be mm. could be a topic for another one. Yeah, next week. Um, today's judgment by the court is an important step towards upholding Europeans' fundamental rights to data protection. Um, the court confirms the need of having robust data protection uh, safeguards in place uh, before transferring citizens' data. A decision made in Europe's top court could affect how companies like Amazon, Google and Facebook operate overseas. On Tuesday, October 6th, the European Court of Justice ruled that a 15-year-old agreement allowing American companies to handle Europeans' data was invalid. The court examined the case of an Austrian citizen who claimed that his data wasn't being adequately protected by Facebook.
do want to welcome you all to our joint hearing on the transatlantic data flows and the impact of the European Union safe harbor decision. Um, that there's an elephant in the room, um, which is a major contributing factor, in my view, in the court's ruling. Privacy concerns relating to U.S. surveillance methods, relating to U.S. surveillance, relating to U.S. surveillance methods. Laws in the EU view personal data privacy as a fundamental right, while the U.S. considers it more of an issue of consumer protection. Over 4,400 businesses self have self-certified compliance with the Safe Harbor Agreement through the Department of Commerce. I believe that we must establish adequate and transparent data security and privacy protections. And if we fail to do that, the economic implications could be disastrous. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the creators and is for educational and informational purposes only. <laughs>